planet Anyi. Planet Anyi. Howdy guys, welcome back to Planet Anyi. Um, today we're joined by a special guest. I'll let him introduce himself. Hi guys, my name is Michael and I've been friends with Lynette for over a year now. Wow, that's a pretty long time. I know, it doesn't even feel like it's been that long, hey? Yeah, but uh, surprise, I have a podcast. You know, why didn't you mention that? Because when you asked me to come on here, you were like, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? But I'm like, pause. Let's, <laughs> let's start with, do you, like, hey, Michael, I have a podcast. I'm confused. Yeah, um, I have two reasons for that, actually. First reason, the um, graphic designer did me so dirty. <laughs> so I paid for him to do it, right? And he sent me the first draft, and it was... I'll show it to you later. It was so bad. It was so ghetto. <laughs> and I like I almost just like got mad and did it myself. But then my mom was like, okay, you already kind of commissioned him. Just make him fix it, right? And so he did it. And I still don't like the final draft, but it's better than the first one. So that's the first thing. Second reason. Actually, I guess it just never came up, so... It never came up? You could have <laughs> <could've> brought it <laughs> up, you know? Yeah, but it's in my bio, you know? I just kind of expect people to... Oh, you kind of like... You kind of put a Beyonce. To, exactly. In the, like, back in the summertime, Beyonce just announced her album by simply putting it in her bio. I mean, she's Beyonce. So <laughs> yeah, it's different Beyonce. that way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess... Um, I just rely on people going to my profile, because, you know... Everyone's obviously checking for me all the time. So. <laughs> They're so obsessed with you. Exactly. But yeah, how did we meet before we even get into the episode? Um, I believe the first semester of our first year, we had bio, physics, and a physics lab together. Yeah. But for the first month or so, I thought you did not like me. <laughs> we never spoke. That's the thing, right? Like, we would make eye contact, but like, we, we, we would both give each other like blank stares. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then one day you just introduced yourself, and I'm like, oh, this girl is nice. Yeah. Actually, wait, I think I, I think we spoke in physics class, right? Yeah. But it was just like a high, and then we didn't speak till, like, we didn't actually talk until the lab. That's correct. If I'm remembering correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how did, how did you find the first semester? That was very strenuous. I, I realized how different it was from high school. Yeah. And how, mu how much more fast-paced it was, and that, like, I could not just coast by with my natural ability and that I would actually have to put in some effort this time yeah yeah I had to figure out like how to study because in high school I would just do practice questions maybe read over a couple times exactly and, good, and I'm gonna be honest I'm still kind of trying to trying to figure out how to study yeah it's very difficult I wish I kind of wish they, they taught us a little bit more right how to um, study or transition from high school right because it is so different Basically, I taught, well, I didn't teach myself, but basically taught myself physics, like if I'm being honest, because I did not understand a thing <laughs> that was happening, so those labs carried me, even though our TA was... That man was a weirdo, <laughs> I don't understand. The thing I gathered from him was that he was so afraid of helping us because he didn't want to break the code of student behavior. Yeah. Because he felt like help, like he thought that perhaps maybe teaching us too much would be cheating. Or like he wouldn't even let us like take pictures of the stuff that he would write on the board or yeah. anything. He would erase it literally as soon as um, he would write it on there. He'd be like, oh, you didn't see that? Well, that's too bad. That's too bad. <laughs> you know, that actually reminds me. This I met this girl this year, right? And she told me that she... She asked for this guy for help 
in like one of their labs. She's in engineering. And she asked for help on a question. And the guy was like, oh, sorry, I'm already wearing my pajamas. I can't help you. Like, what does <laughs> pajamas have to do with anything? What type of boundary is that? Like, that's way too much. I don't know. But yeah. But I, I guess, like, it has, it has a lot to do with the competition. Like, everyone's, most people are in pre-med, especially, like, with our programs last year. Right. Like biochem, neuro. Everyone's like. It's kind of cutthroat. Yeah, you have yeah. to. You have to think for yourself sometimes. Exactly. But when would you say the tension between us actually, like, we were okay, like, once we met each other? That's a good question. I'm going to have to think about that. Okay, so we met in September. Yeah. And we became friends at some point. Some point. So there must have been some conversation <laughs> where it was like, okay, this I like this person. Yeah. So maybe the first time I saw you in the dining hall, and I probably joined you. Yes, that's what happened. I joined you. And then you introduced me to all of your friends. And then I realized, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then that's how I met Tola and, like, Fermi and all of them. Oh, my gosh, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't even remember. I just remember we went to that frat party. Yes. But that was, like, that, all that, the way in April, the, right? That was, like, exactly a year ago, maybe. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Their next one is coming up, actually. Honestly, at this point, I don't even know what's going on with that. <laughs> like, no one even talks about it except the people that... Yeah, this definitely is not a party school. People are very studious here. Well, ah. have you met the business kids? <laughs> See, they get to do that. That's the difference. That's the difference. That's true. They don't have as much of a... I'm not, to be, not being shady. No shade. <laughs> no shade. But the workload is not the same. That's true. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, how would you say uni is treating you so far then? It has chewed me up, and it is still chewing me <laughs> up, and I'm praying to be spit back out, but it's just not happening. <laughs> no, <laughs> you seem so put together though. Like every that's time on, you show up to class, me, you're like, "That's on the you outside." Your notes the ready, thing is, I ready. show up three minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> we have a class right before, right? No, that's not true. Oh, no, that's my first class today, <laughs> and I show up three minutes late somehow. <laughs> No. I roll out of bed like 30 minutes before. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh my god, biochem. Then I quickly get ready, shower, yeah. brush my teeth. I would never have known. Like, you just look so, like, stoic when you walk in. You're like, hi. And you look so put together. So That's would, the thing, I because I know that when I walk in, 400 people are going to be watching me. Mm-hmm. So I have to, like, give them a walk. <laughs> I have to give them a face. That's true. And I always try to serve them a and look. And you do it every single time. Mm-hmm. We love that for you. Yeah. Do you have any first-year regrets? Anything that you're kind of like, you know what? I wish I did that differently. Um, I don't want to say any names. But I would regret Tea? meeting some people. <laughs> no. I, re- I do regret meeting some people because mm-hmm. like, it was kind of like a waste of time. Mm-hmm. The things that they put me through. Oh? Yeah. Okay, no, we're not going to do that. Wait, was it the guy you met at the... No, n- nothing, like, like, nothing like that. Okay, okay, okay. No. But yeah, that's the thing. Just like people, you know, sometimes people waste your time. Um, you may meet somebody and then the friendship could be like so one-sided. Yeah. And it could, you may, th- you may spend months being friends with somebody and you realize that um, they've been using you the entire time mm-hmm. or they never actually saw you as an equal and they were like making fun of you behind your back. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I actually have tea, but I can't say any names because like, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'll tell you after. But basically, that actually leads me to my next question. How would you say your view on making... Actually, how did you go about making friends in uni? And how would you say your view on making friends in uni changed like from first year to right now? 
Uh, I'm going to compare it to high school. Okay. In high school, you're stuck in the same room or like the same rooms every single day. Yeah. And with like the same 30 people or so. Yeah. And it's so easy to make a friend and it's so easy to learn about the entire group. Yeah. And you see how like you can identify with these types of people but not those ones. Yeah. But in university, it's so different because you're stuck in a room with hundreds of people. Yes, exactly. So it's like it's not so easy to like learn about everybody around you. So you have to actually put in the effort to learn, to meet people and stuff like that. That's yeah. how we became friends. Like we had to break the ice initially. You had to say hi, yeah. which I was very <laughs> terrified to do. But I'm so glad you did mm-hmm. because now we're making a podcast together. Exactly, worked out. Yeah. Yeah, but um, honestly, I can relate to that. Like last year, I think you were probably actually that's not true, but like a lot of people were so standoffish, especially the international student. Correct. You probably know which yep. international <laughs> students I'm referring to, but you know, I heard a rumor that she'll be in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no um, yeah, but basically, um, break. What was I saying? Like you go up to them and you start talking to them, right? And they just answer with one word responses. Yes. And it's like, am I bothering you with my existence? Mm-hmm. But you the know? thing is, like, I've learned not to take that personally. And some people are just naturally shy like that. And, and you know, yes. some people might actually be like, really happy to, re- uh, to be having a conversation with you. And like, they're happy that you're here to talk to them, but they don't want to give too much away. Yeah. And they don't want to come off like a fan. Which is like the problem, I think. Like people should be more comfortable like expressing their emotions. Yeah. Because, like, I, I, was, I was like that. Like, I'm always like, oh, like, get not wanting to seem like a fan or mm-hmm. that type of thing. But how are you supposed to become friends with someone if you can't even, like, go beyond yeah. hellos and right. pleasantries, right? So, I don't know. I, I feel like that's kind of counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, a lot of my friends I made last year, it was pure... Because I was in residence, right? So it was kind of easier to talk to people and stuff. But then I got roped in into a bunch of drama. Right. Like, I was just on the side. I was like, <laughs> I was just watching. Every time they'd ask me to take sides, you probably know what I'm talking yep. about. I would just... No shade. No I, shade. I just wouldn't say anything. Because, yeah. And it was a waste of time, like we had talked about before. Yeah, exactly. So, I think I would say... Because you came to my birthday last year, right? And like, right. there were a bunch of people there, but I genuinely do not talk to those mm-hmm. people like that. I was just friendly with them. Definitely like, prioritizing smaller circles this year. Exactly, yes. Yeah, it's just a lot more peace of mind, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely been a teaching experience. Um, yeah, it was just proximity. I think it was just the proximity. Right. Because right now, you, even if we see people on campus, like if I see them on campus, it's just like a... Yeah. Look side to side and keep walking. <laughs> Maybe a little polite little smile, but like no. not a real conversation. Some of them don't even make smiles, which wow. I get. Okay. I mean, it's fine. It's, it's probably no, it's probably not even personal. Yeah. Exactly. Sometimes you see somebody, but it doesn't register that you've seen them at all. But I always feel so awkward because I remember everything. So every <laughs> time I see someone, I remember them and they probably don't remember me. And it's like, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. it is fine. Yeah. It's okay. Life goes on. Life goes on. Like we said, smaller circles. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah. But um, how do you feel about turning 20 in a week? In a week. This <laughs> <That's> year. <laughs> no. oh I've only been 19 for a few months, so I have like a long time to go. But turning 20, that is a big milestone. Yeah. Um, how do I feel about it? It's a new decade of my life. So it puts me in a different like category of human. So... <laughs> Like a two at the beginning of your age. That's like that's so mind-blowing to me. And I was only born in the 2000s, but that's a long time ago. It I'm was. starting to realize that's not so like 
recent. Yeah. How do you feel about turning 20 in a week? Oh, Lord. Um, I've been reminded several times that I'm very old, so <laughs> there's that. But, I mean, it had to come at some point, right? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I look fairly young for my age. I think I'll start worrying when I look old <laughs> or when I look my age. Because a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you look 15. You know, I'm like, okay, I'll take it. Another thing, people's <laughs> um, obsession with looking young. How do you feel about that? Like mm. the millions of skincare products. Like the thing I've heard about most people doing is using retinols and retinoids. Yeah. Which basically like re resupplies your skin with collagen, which can like plump in your skin and make you look younger. Yeah. I actually haven't. Like my skincare routine is simple. I just do like I just do a cleanser, mm -hmm. a serum, and moisturizer. That's it. And it's working. It works. Like <laughs> I can honestly, tell it's working. it works. That's it. But I think, I think people are doing too much. Yeah. Like especially the people that do like the I don't know what it's called, but they have blood on their face. Yes. Like that I don't know what it's called, but it's yes. not it's not acupuncture, but there's mm -hmm. blood on their face and they smear it. And right? you see those videos, yeah. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> Please. I don't think it's that serious, you know, like maybe some some little cleansers, a few serums, yeah. and a moisturizer. Exactly. Something that's really important that also prevents um, aging, or can like slow down the process, yeah. is um, SPF, which is, I've heard like really good things about SPF, mm -hmm. which can really help you, because yeah. UV rays are not that good. <laughs> but remember how everyone used to be like, oh, black people don't need something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that's going away. Yeah, because now every time I'm like, okay, good luck aging like a leather couch. I'm gonna be over here. Right. But what would you? What do you think about the skincare thing? Like, what's your routine? I am sure. intrigued. One thing, like I've always struggled with acne. Not always. Mm -hmm. It definitely started when I was 16. I think it's because of COVID, like being at home. Yeah. And like eating a lot of junk food and not mm -hmm. drinking as much water because this was when I was in high school, you know. Yeah. So like when I was in high school, I would drink water all day. Like the teacher says something, take a sip. I'm yeah. doing my work, take a sip. But being at home all day, I guess I just stopped drinking as much water mm -hmm. and had more frequent access to junk food. Yeah. So I got this like horrible cystic acne. Oh, so like no. that's what forced me to really learn about skincare. Mm -hmm. But even then like it did go down after like buying all the products so then my dad was like hey we need to cut our losses and go on Accutane because <laughs> you tried you try to learn about all the products you try to learn about all the serums yeah but it's not working so right now I am on month four of Accutane and I would say it's working okay that's good but the one downside is that it makes your face really dry it gives you really dry lips and that's mm -hmm. not very optimal. Your lips are never dry. Like, can I just say? <laughs> That's the thing. I carry around a tub of Vaseline with me. Oh, and okay. I'm, and I make sure. <laughs> I make sure. Better you than me. I'm thugging it out every single day. <laughs> My lips chapped. But, you know, I respect that. Yeah. Like, before going on Accutane, I heard how dry it makes your lips. So I was mm. like, no, I need to buy at least, like, three tubs. One for the bathroom, mm. one for this backpack, <laughs> one for my selfiesy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wait, do you put, like... So, do you put it all, all over your face or just your lips? Oh, no, I use acetylfoil moisturizer for my skin. Okay. But the Vaseline is for my lips because, like, it's more heavy duty. So I see, I see. Wow. That's where the dryness is more obvious. I see. You sound like, um, what's that guy from American Psycho's name? Like, when he was talking about his skincare. <laughs> Wait, let me look up, shoot, let me look up that monologue. American yes, Psycho. I've seen that. But I actually didn't know where it was from because you know how sometimes, um, Script. like, certain scenes go viral? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, let me find it. Okay. He goes, my name is Patrick Bateman. I'm 27 years old. I believe in taking care of myself and a balanced diet and a rigorous exercise routine. In the morning, if my face is a little puffy, I'll put on an ice pack while doing my stomach crunches. I can do a thousand now. 
After I remove the ice pack, I use a deep pour cleanser lotion. In the shower, I use a water-activated gel cleanser, then a honey almond body scrub, and on the face, an exfoliating gel scrub. Then I apply an herb mint facial mask, which I leave on for 10 minutes while I prepare the rest of my routine. Read the rest. I, it's from I Always Use. I always use an aftershave lotion with little or no alcohol because alcohol dries your face and makes you look older. Then a moisturizer, then an anti-aging eye balm, followed by a final moisturizing protective lotion. There's an idea of a Patrick Bateman, some kind of abstraction, but there's no real me, only an entity, something illusory. I simply am not. <laughs> there's an idea of a Patrick Bateman. And though I can hide my cold gaze, and you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours, and maybe you can even sense our lifestyles are co probably comparable, I'm simply not there. Yeah, this monologue is so funny, but it's so good. I love it. Yeah, but yeah that's what that reminds me of. Have you watched it? I, only that scene. Only that. You yeah. should watch it. It's so good. Is it a TV show or a movie? It's a movie. It's a movie? Okay, yeah. yeah. I have time for, do I have time for movies? March, April, final season? <laughs> Probably not. But yeah, just put it on the list. It's, I, I for think sure. it's worth the watch. Um, okay. Um, so what are some realizations you had about friendships? It's like jumping back and forth. It's important to prioritize the friendships that you do make. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm very, when it comes to friendships, I'm definitely very quality over quantity. Because yeah. last year I definitely made a lot of acquaintances. But like some, you do call them friends, you know. Yeah. Maybe if you're walking with an actual friend and somebody comes up to you like, "Oh my God, I haven't seen you so long." Da, 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 da. Yeah. You're, like when they walk away, your friend will be like, "Oh, who was that?" Then I would probably say, "Oh, that's my friend." Yeah. Like really, that's an acquaintance, you know. Like that's you don't true. know anything about them beyond those types of interactions. Mm -hmm. You don't spend any time with them. The most you probably do is that um, you say hi to them when you see them, and you wish them a happy birthday, and maybe like an Instagram post, yeah. an occasional comment. But it's not a real friendship. You don't know about the things that they go through, you don't know perhaps about like their mental health and their struggles like that, you know? Yeah. It's like, the one thing I'm definitely learning about friendships is to prioritize the ones that you do have mm -hmm. because those aren't so, aren't so easy to come by, especially in university. That is true. Yeah. But how, how do you feel about those people that can go through uni and then they come out of it and then they say they've never made any friends, they have zero friends after going through four years or whatever of their degree? For those people, they can fall into two categories. Either they didn't put in an effort, mm -hmm. like they didn't go to the clubs, they didn't go to the orientation programs. Mm -hmm. Maybe they never lived in residence, so they weren't in close proximity to other people, so they didn't have the opportunity. Yeah. Sorry, to meet other people. Yeah. Or perhaps they just never like spoke to the people in the lecture halls. Mm -hmm. Or they just genuinely never clicked with anyone. And they just, they are tip, like genuinely different from everybody else. So. Okay, but then at what point would you say they're the problem? <laughs> it's like, how do you go through the entire right. career of your... That is difficult to do. Yeah. That is definitely difficult to do. But hey, I don't know, actually. Maybe you are the problem. Because <laughs> there's tens of thousands of people at, on exactly. most university campuses. Yeah. So it's very difficult to not find a single person. Exactly. It could even be a professor. Like, you can be friends with somebody decades older than you. I've seen it. Okay, but that's, <laughs> that's when the, like, the sirens start like, blinking or whatever. But no, that's true. I think there's everybody. There's somebody for everybody. There's somebody. You just have to put yourself out there. But I mean, if they can't find it, then that's like that's a completely different issue. Mm -hmm. So what's? Do you think it's valid to be genuinely friends with somebody online who you've never met before? Does that work? 
I think it's valid. I think you can still share that sort of intimacy, like on a friendship level, you can talk to them. I think the problem starts where if it's like, if there are different time zones and that sort of puts a barrier on how much you can communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like a lot of my friends went to, like from high school, they all went to different schools, right? Like all over right. the country. And like, we don't see each other often, but like we can still, we still talk online mm-hmm. and it just feels like as good as whatever, like if we see each other in person, that type of thing. So I do right. think you can be friends online. Um, it's just, if it's really long distance, then that's, yeah. that's a, another um, issue. I, I like what you just said. Like if it's, if you meet in person mm-hmm. and it still feels the same and the, yeah. the intimacy is still there, mm-hmm. then you are genuinely friends. But like, yeah. if it's awkward and like, you guys don't really know what to say to each other, then I don't think so. Exactly. That's how I think that's how you really test your friendships and see like if there was truly anything there to begin with or it was just right. because you're in proximity and became friends. Yeah, another way to test like your relationships, not just friendship, but like your relationships. People say like before moving in with somebody, mm-hmm. you should go on a weekend getaway or something, just like to see if you would like being so close to each other for yeah. extended periods of time. And I think most people who are plan to live together should do that before they're just like thrown off guard, you know. Mm. I think honestly, I, I would. I personally wouldn't move in with someone like if I wasn't married to them. I just right. I, I definitely understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do that either. I just like I feel like if you guys are connected, it'll work out. Right. Like, you obviously will have to adjust and like get used to each other's routines and stuff. But I do think that, um, like if it's meant to be, it'll it'll work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, actually, speaking of relationships, how is your love life? Let's 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 go there. It's a desert. <laughs> There's, nothing, there's absolutely nothing going on there. What about your little, you know, spill about the Valentine's <laughs> Day situation? Because I never, I never got the full... That, was, that wasn't even real. Um, that was just a friend. Oh? Yeah, no, a, a, a friend, he was like, um, hey, do you want to go out with me? And I was like, okay. And it wasn't even romantic or anything. I was just, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll go out with you. Okay. Yeah. But what about you? because what about me nothing nothing yeah i've just been um i've just been yeah that's that's pretty much all i can say about that my favorite excuse focusing on school exactly exactly (laughs) whenever people ask it's like oh you know i'm just focusing focusing on on school school. (laughs) for how many years (laughs) definitely not longing definitely not being envious of the couples i see on campus yeah they love to flex their relationships. I know. <laughs> they love Especially it. Especially in cab. Right. These people, like, I'm here. I'm here to study, not to be terrorized on by the this. beanbag chairs. I'm like, guys, yeah. please, that's that's not for that. And it's always the same one. Like, it's the one that's like a few, almost a few steps down. Right. They just sit there, and I'm sitting here, so it's in direct mm-hmm. view. They do this on purpose. I'm, I'm convinced. Yep. Yeah. You know, that, that's the thing. Like, people see couples on campus and they're like, I want that. Mm-hmm. So they look for a relationship. And then they're like, wow, I'm in a relationship. I can finally do that. I yeah. can finally show this person off. How do you feel about showing people off, by the way? Are people objects? <laughs> <laughs> Very good way to phrase it. Um, honestly, I feel like if I was dating someone, I think you all would only see, like, his back. Yeah, a nice maybe, soft launch. Yeah, maybe... Like a watch, you know, his, his finger, wrist, correct. yeah, his drink, exactly, his drink. <laughs> his drink or his plate or something. I think that's the extent of it, unless there's a ring on my finger. Mm-hmm. When it's real, yeah, he's not seeing my Instagram, him. like exactly. he's not 
he's not going to be on my Instagram at all. Mm-hmm. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree with the soft launch. With mm-hmm. the, okay, you guys know there's somebody there, mm-hmm. but you guys are not going to know who. Exactly. And like you could go through my following, you could like try to figure out who I interact with the most, but yeah. you're not going to do it. Exactly. And if you do manage to do it, then you're an obsessed stalker. You're a fan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But, like, how did you navigate, like, coming, like, did you have expectations coming from high school about what your love life would be like since there are so many people on I thought campus? I would meet somebody in residence mm-hmm. and, like, we would be so in love and, like, it would go on for our entire undergrad yeah. and into grad school. But no, no, it's not like that at all. It's not. Because, for one, you don't find everybody attractive. So, and then the people you do find attractive, maybe you don't click with them on an emotional level, which is very important. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not really into hookup culture and just like getting with random people. Exactly, yes. So. Yeah, and the thing too, it's like, because, were you in a cohort? cohort? I was not. Okay, well, I was in a cohort and everyone in my, okay, I don't know if it's like a science thing. Oh, should we explain to the viewers what a cohort is at our school? Sure, you you explain. You were in one, so like. Okay, so basically they put you together on a floor. A cohort is when they put you together with similar people. Like it could be in the same faculty. Um, it could be like non-academic as well. So they have non-drinking floors, quiet floors as well. Cohorts, I should say. And I was in the science one. And I think when I say science, you can just picture the the, types the, of people the roster of people. <laughs> No shade, no shade. No shade. No shade. Exactly. But um, yeah, so those were my options. I'll just leave it at that. Like, I won't explain anymore. And so they were nice people. Right. They were mostly cooperative. Like, they would give you answers if you actually. I'm going to blur out his name, but you know. Yes. He would never. He would ask us for answers all the time. <laughs> and then when you ask him, he's like, oh academic integrity i can't tell you that and then he comes you know to what it sounds like it sounds like time. he wasn't a good student himself he, so he's probably too embarrassed to tell you guys oh i actually don't know the answer i actually never know the answer no it was not that was not the I case i don't think that was the case because he was always talking about his achievements like oh, it's like oh he's a weirdo school, i got man. all aps i got fours in my ap exams. but here we are at the same school asking for answers and you won't help us back okay <laughs> who's the ap now <laughs> Ugh, but yeah, um, that that was the issue. But what about Tinder? Did you sort of... No, Tinder's no? hopeless. Because did you know you can run out of people on Tinder? Yeah. <laughs> I've run out of people. Like, in this city, there's like there's nobody. I've run out of everyone. Yeah, this province, even. I mean, <laughs> it's just the province thing. It's crazy. And, like, the, the likes will say 99 plus. Yeah. But when I go on the swipe thing, it's, like, zero people. So I'm confused. <laughs> Where are these 99 people coming from? Yeah, I don't know. What do you... Okay, so realistically, then, where do you think you'll meet somebody who you end up... I have no idea. You know, everybody who's met their person says it happens naturally. What so does that mean? <laughs> like, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it'll be somebody in a lecture. Maybe I'll be walking at the mall. Maybe it'll be at a job. So many makers. <laughs> I need certainty. I we need, need an a set in stone immediately. How about you? Have you been on Tinder? I remember you going on a date that didn't go well last year. <laughs> Hi, mom and dad. If you're listening to this, no, you're not. <laughs> um, yeah. First one, uh, he did not look like his picture mm, at all. That's like the he worst. was just. Was he older or just ugly in real life? He. <laughs> Oh, shit. So <laughs> blunt. He was 
how do I say this nicely? He didn't look like his picture. <laughs> he was in fourth year. He was not the most good-looking man. Mm -hmm. But in the picture, he was like built and stuff. Like he was, he wasn't scrawny in the picture, right? Mm -hmm. And then when he showed up, he was. I was like, who is this? <laughs> like, sir, I don't think you're the person I'm waiting for. But it was really awkward because he was so. He was such a terrible conversationalist. Marina was there, like oh, when, okay. like when he, cause she was the one that made him come here. Mm -hmm. Like she just took my phone, right, and she was like, she just started <laughs> texting him, and then he came, and then she had to pretend to be really drunk and like out of it for him to leave. And that was the first one. Second one went well. It was decent. Okay. Actually, it was only two. Yeah, second oh, okay. one was fine. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I realized very soon after Tinder is not where I'm supposed to be. Like mm. I don't think I don't think you can genuinely meet. Like I guess people do, but like. It's rare. I feel like they always go through like the hookup to relationship route mm -hmm. though. So I don't know. I just kind of realized that's probably not for me. I shouldn't be here. It's probably going wrong because right. I'm where I should. I'm where I should not be. So right. Yeah. But I mean, everyone that got success on there, happy for you. I guess. Congratulations. I guess. <laughs> I'm definitely not envious. Yeah, not at all. Um, but yeah, we're entering adulthood now. That's terrifying. And I, honestly, by this point, I thought I would be cuffed. I thought, okay, I, I, I would just be focusing on, you know, I'd be on the trajectory to probably getting engaged around 22. <laughs> yeah, but here we are. So you plan on getting married? Yes. How's that? For, how many do you like? How much have you planned for your future? Kids, house, um, location? Not kids. Not the house, but the, the wedding dress. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've seen so many. What are you thinking? I don't know where I'm going, but there's this, I'll show it to you. I don't have my phone. But it's this really pretty um, dress. I don't remember the designer. Is it like a slip dress? Like, is it poofy? Is it mermaid? No, it's not mermaid. It's like, it's got a really high slit and mm. it's got like oh, okay. a one sleeve thing going on. It's, oh my gosh. It's got um, like like silver gems on it. Mm. It looks so good and it's straight. It's not poofy and mm -hmm. I'm not a That's princess nice. type dress <laughs> person, but so pretty and I'm so excited. And are you going to do a traditional wedding as well? Of course. Yeah, as you should. Okay, you know what I've been, I was talking about this with my other friends, like my friends, right? And we were talking about how like, are we going to invite our white friends to a <laughs> traditional <laughs> wedding? Because like, I feel like, like sure, it, you can teach them, but mm -hmm. it's like, they haven't been exposed I, to it, right? Exactly, and I, I don't want to have to explain myself. Mm -hmm. like, I don't oh, know. you're supposed to like bend down right now, or like, <laughs> exactly. Like, you're not like one of the children, like. Yeah, but I think I'm planning on doing it in my home country. Right. Okay. Yeah, but like I, I want to fly out my friends there, like if they live here. Mm -hmm. And that'll be a nice little moment. I'm so excited! I'm so excited for that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, that's I guess that's as much planning as I've done. I I just know I. <laughs> I don't want to stay in Canada. Me neither. Where do you want to go? After? That's the thing. I have no idea. The States would be nice, but it's dangerous. And their laws don't protect their citizens, mm -hmm. which isn't optimal. France is nice, but I've heard that it can be quite racist there. And the, like, especially since you're going to medicine as well, right? Like, in oh, Europe yeah, in general, medicine does not pay that well. Right. A lot as much you know, as I'm you. thinking, <laughs> when I finish my degree at 80 years old. <laughs> okay, no. Real. And like, at like, Real. At like 32, like, when I, like, when I become, an, like, an actual doctor, like, probably 30, 33, mm -hmm. 
I'm thinking like I'll work for like 10, 15 years, okay. make my bag, yes, and then retire early. I like that. Cause like I want to spend my twenties like building an investment account and like savings yeah. so that I can retire early, like make a nice like lump of cash and like retire somewhere. Mm-hmm. Very nice. That is a really good plan, actually. Do you know about where in, in Europe you would go, or just what you would do after I'm not retirement? So sure. I would probably also. I've also been considering countries in Africa. Okay. Like I like Congo or South Africa, mm. which is it's, it's nice to go home. I grew up in. I was born in Congo, but I grew up in South Africa. Oh, I see. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't have the South Africa. <laughs> the South African accent. <laughs> I can. I can Should imitate. I laugh? It. No. Yeah, right. do it. Say. If, my name is Michael. My name is Michael. Okay. That, yeah. that just sounded like your That's name. like an English South African. There's like, um, South Africa has 11 official languages, actually. Oh. Yeah, so like the accents you typically hear on TV are like, it's either going to be the Afrikaans accent mm-hmm. or the English accent. I and see. I grew up speaking the English accent because I went to an English school. I see. I see. Yeah. Which I find is the reason why it's like so easy for me to like um, transition into Canadian society mm-hmm. because I already spoke English. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you speak French? Would you say like when you... Like, did your parents teach you French throughout, like, at home? Did you guys speak French? Um, we definitely spoke French. We moved to South Africa when I was one years old, and okay. my parents spoke absolutely zero English. Mm-hmm. My dad had to learn English at work. And since my mom, um, she was a lawyer in Congo, but when, mm-hmm. we, when we moved to South Africa, she became a stay-at-home mom. So everything, like, every English she learned, every bit of English she learned mm-hmm. was, like, what she was hearing from the people, like us, like us going to school, then coming back and bringing English, English into the home, yeah. or on <clears> TV. So, like... Her English isn't at the same level as my dad's, but it is still really good English because yeah. now she works as a nurse. Okay. So I'm like really proud of like how she learned English so naturally. I never knew this about you. Mm-hmm. I guess I just never asked. I guess this is like an organized conversation. Yeah, so, yeah. that's actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. What would you say was the biggest culture shock when you came to Canada then? Probably how much people liked the outdoors. outdoors. That was definitely so different for me because mm-hmm. like... We'd seen, we'd heard of camping on TV, mm-hmm. but we didn't know how often people did it, you know, because whenever the Disney characters would go camping, yeah. it was an event like, oh my God, Liv and Maddie are going camping. Yeah. Zach and Cody are going camping. This is so different. But you get here and like, oh, people have cabins. People actually take their tents out into the mountains. People mm-hmm. go hiking for days on end. Yeah. And like they build their own shelters and it's like a big thing here. Mm-hmm. But in South Africa, that's not so much of a thing. Did you guys ever experience, um, actually, hold on, no, let me let me backtrack a little bit. That was also really surprising to me, too. I was like, you guys have me messed up, and you think, I'm going to come <laughs> here to go outside. And I guess they don't have as many bugs or things like that, but they have even worse stuff, though, like outside. Right. Wolves, wolf, wolves and coyotes roaming around, mm-hmm. which I guess... They enjoy that. To wish their own. Actually, you remember there was this one day there was a coyote on the loose just like around here, like that right. parking lot over like that way. Mm-hmm. There was actually a coyote and they had a warning and we couldn't go outside for like three hours. So I'm assuming at least one type of per- a certain demographic <laughs> still went outside. <laughs> no shade, no shade. No shade. No that shade. wouldn't surprise me if I heard about that. Honestly, I no. Actually, I was looking out my window the whole time. I didn't see anybody. So <laughs> okay. I was like, okay. Okay. Yes, we're listening. But um, yeah, that's actually really cool. Yeah. Did you guys experience any um, like racism or like what was the separation like there? Because I've heard a lot in South Africa. Yeah, there is a lot of xenophobia, for mm-hmm. sure, and racism. Yeah. But the racism is definitely less obvious, and probably since I was a child, I didn't pick up on it as much. 
because adults are like better at like picking up those social cues that like oh this person doesn't like me and this is why yeah but like a child would just be confused as to like why is that adult treating that child better than me yeah stuff like um oh the white teacher is complimenting always has really nice things to say about their the white students hair mm-hmm. but like it never has a nice comment about the black students hair because you know how we like to, like black people love to braid little black girls hair yeah and it can be so creative yeah but you can see like oh the white the black girl's hair looks so much but no shade like no actually shade. no shade but like yeah. the black girl has so much better hair but the teachers never compliment it and like now that i'm older i'm realizing that that's the reason why mm. And like within the, the black community in South Africa, um, it can be very xenophobic. Now xenophobia refer, refers to a dislike for foreigners. So like um, once the black people realize, oh, you don't speak Zulu, you don't speak Kosa, oh. they're like, oh, you're not from here, are you? Oh, your skin's so much darker than ours. Oh, and that's another thing, colorism too. Of course. So yeah, we did experience a little bit, of, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Some discrimination. Yeah. So yeah. I Wow, I never knew that. Cause yeah. I've only heard it like, the um, xenophobia towards people like Indian people, like people that aren't originally from Africa, I've heard mm-hmm. it's really bad for them. Like I was, my one of my friends that's Indian from South Africa, she said that um, her parents, um, that at some point recently there were uh, strikes and they right. were going after stores and mm-hmm. stuff, and that's they were true. burning down stores. And her family, they couldn't, because her family has a business. And they couldn't get their imports and exports because they were an Indian family because like their surname was like part of the business, right? right? And so the manufacturers would basically just kind of shun them and try try to put them out of business. Right. So that's really interesting to hear from your perspective as well. And I never even considered the Indian perspective because most people don't know this, but the highest concentration of Indian people outside of India is actually in South Africa. I did not know that. Yeah, because um, there was actually like another slave trade or something. There were indentured servants mm-hmm. during the beginning of um, South Africa's colonial history. Mm-hmm. And lots of um, slaves were brought in from India, Indonesia, and places like that, like in Southeast Asia. So, um, yeah, there's a very broad Asian pop- South Asian population in South Africa. Wow, you learn something new every day. I yeah. did not know this. Okay, yeah, because it's actually been so interesting. Because last year I met a bunch of Indian people and they, they would say they're from Kenya. And I was like, huh? Yeah. Like, it's, it's so surprising how many of them are in Africa. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And actually, I'm not trying to be indignant when I say this, but why are they... Okay, you know how every time... Um, like here, when people talk about poor countries and stuff, they're right. like, Africa. Like, first of all, Africa is not a country. Mm-hmm. And second of all, we have people from less or deve- people from developing countries. They're going to countries in Africa, right? right? Like, so exactly how poor is Africa if everybody is mm-hmm. coming into it? That's, I, I and we could also get into the reason why it's poor by like, that would be a whole other podcast. That Probably would be, a series even. Yes. We could be like, okay, this country, <laughs> this to all these 20 countries right here. Yes. So that definitely affects the reason why these people are struggling. Yeah. And then this other country, this, this, and this. Yeah. And that actually reminds me, like, I guess we don't really think too much about other African countries like that. Like, I know for a fact, like, I don't know about you, but growing up, growing up in Cameroon, like, we had to learn basically every other African country's histories and stuff too. Mm-hmm. 
And um, it's always so shocking to me, especially when I meet Nigerians or something. They know nothing about anywhere yes. else in Africa. <laughs> it's just That's them. Right. Like, it's just them against the world. Even on the internet, they seem to think they are the Beyonce's of Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't either. <laughs> and then, I, I don't know. I just don't know how you can live just not... <laughs> caring about whatever else is happening. If you're Nigerian you're listening to this, no shade, no shade. <laughs> but it's just our <laughs> observation, like seriously, like this is not coming from any like, there's no ill intent here. Mm-hmm. It's just like you guys seem to think you're the most relevant <laughs> ones for some reason. Newsflash, you're not. <laughs> but anyways. The only thing they do have is they are the most, I believe, you guys you can like cite me, like you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe they are the most populated African country. They are? Yeah, they are. I thought South Africa, because South Africa's quite big right nigeria is like no south africa i believe last time i checked south africa maybe had between 30 to 50 million oh but like your nigeria has like over 100 million people maybe even 200 let me look this up. i know those are very broad ranges um okay nigeria has got over 230 million people Mm -hmm. and south africa doesn't even crack like 65 million wow Mm mm-hmm this whole time, I thought South Africa was much bigger. Seriously? You learn something new every day. I <laughs> guess I'm just as ignorant as whoever I'm talking about. Okay. This took a direction. I don't even know where we were initially. Um, yeah, so growing up in Africa. Oh, yeah. Um, you never told me how you ended up in Canada. Because I thought you were born here this entire time. Really? Yeah, you give off, like, I was born here vibes. Oh, everyone <laughs> tells me that. Okay. So I came here when I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um in 2013, so that was 10 years ago. Um, I was in, init- I was in grade six in Cameroon before I came here. But then when I came here, because I was only nine, guys, I was very young. Wow. Okay. Did you get put into school early? Yeah. Or is it like a two, different school system? When I was oh two. wow. But um, and I could have skipped like two grades, but my parents were like, no, like you're gonna be too young. Take like, it easy. Compared to the other kids, so they just. But yeah, when I came here, they put me in grade four. And so I started my Canadian journey. I was on my FOB stuff for a bit. But I don't think I, don't think I even, like, you know the t- typical African accent, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think I even had that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, I just remember I came here, and then I had the FOB accent, and then I didn't. Like, it, it was so quick. I don't know. Um, but yeah, my experiences then... I experienced a lot of racism in elementary school from mm-hmm. other students, yeah. not even teachers, because they were all so nice. And I feel like they were walking around eggshells. Like, you know how when you're in a group and you're sort of the only other, right? Yeah. And everyone's just, it seems like they're, they can't really say what they want to say or like they're trying yes. to be extremely careful yes. so they don't really say anything. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what it felt like when I was around... For me, um, I can think of one story. We were watching Pitch Perfect in class, Mm -hmm. and like the teacher wanted to say something about one of the characters on screen, Mm -hmm. and she was like, you know the girl in the back, right right there, and one of the students was like, no, I actually have no idea who you're talking about, can you please explain to me, because like, everybody was moving around, so like, if she would say like, the girl in the back, like the person would move, so mm-hmm. they weren't in the back anymore. Yeah. It's so like finally she would, she just looked at me, very scared, and she's like, "The black girl, I'm sorry, the black girl." And I'm sitting there like, "You can say black. Black is not a bad word." Right. Or when people call me African American. Thank you. Two things. <laughs> we're Canadian, and we're not in America. Exactly. The only thing why. you got correct was African. Yeah, but like. 
it's it's like they either go black people or blacks. Like it's not right. that hard to mm-hmm. say black and then add people. Right. I just I don't understand why it's it's so confusing to it's me. It's confusing for sure. But um I don't know, I think coming here was like I, I wouldn't say I was bullied, but I was I experienced a lot of racism. Some othering him. Yes, a lot of othering. No, actually there was this one kid. I try not to bring this up. I I swear I swear I've moved on. I've moved past this. But I was just sitting there and I was like doing my work, right? Because mm-hmm. I'd done a lot of the stuff like they were doing in grade four. So mm-hmm. I was just like I was just doing my work and I was done. I was just staring at the space. Yeah. And then this kid he just looks at me and he's like, what are you looking at, Blackie? Oh, wow. And I was like... We're in elementary school. What did you learn that? No, I know. I was so... I didn't even know how to, like, Aww. process that, right? Because I'd never experienced anything like it before. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then it wasn't until, like, I don't know, a few years later, I was like, process... No, like a few weeks later, I was processing it. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess That's what I'm happened. different. Yeah. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Definitely. One of my first experience, racist experiences. Um, okay, I was hanging out with about two, three friends, mm-hmm. and we were in grade seven, by the way. Okay. And he was talking about how his girlfriend's dad. Yeah, people were dating in middle school for yeah. some reason. He was talking about how his girlfriend's dad didn't like him, mm-hmm. and everybody was joking about like, haha. Maybe it's because you wear your socks the wrong way. You know those types of jokes. Yeah. And then I was like, haha. I think it's really funny that your dad's. Your girlfriend's dad doesn't like you. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at me. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> and he says, well, maybe you should go pick cotton. Uh, yeah. What? Yeah. How do we jump from <laughs> the dad's girlfriend to cotton? That seems to be like their only comeback. Like, mm-hmm. just weaponized. They were waiting. He was color. waiting for that. He was. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the thing that hurt more was like, the people we were with laughed, which hurt so much. Yeah. yeah but the good thing is that the teacher heard it. Mm-hmm. And she um, got him in trouble, of course. But I did spend the rest of the day crying. So oh, that's, that's not, so sad. Yeah. I can just picture little Michael just mm-hmm. like sobbing in the back of the classroom. Yeah, and like I didn't even tell like any of my family about it because I didn't want them to worry. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like that shouldn't be okay. Like I should have told my family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the the school authorities definitely dealt with it, dealt with it. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I I know a lot of schools just don't. They just don't do anything. They'll maybe give them a very. Yeah. slight smack on the wrist and mm-hmm. then the kid will just keep doing it yeah and they just don't get caught or even so. if they don't say anything out loud like your look the looks mm-hmm. or like the, the way the, the faces they make when they look at you like you yeah. know what's going on in that head <laughs> yeah and you know but like that's the game they play they're like what do you mean i didn't even say anything to you <laughs> but the way they looked at you wow we have been know. through it yeah i and I, that was like a few months into my first year in canada so wow when did you come to canada actually 2015 when I was 11 years old okay yeah the summer 2015 but like that summer I feel like I had a speed run like every time Canadians talk about like their childhoods mm. it's like well I experienced that in the first two months I lived here like I Word. watched YTV I ate freezies I like I learned everything like that year which is amazing because I, I feel like that's like the perfect year like the per the perfect age to move to a different country yeah or like like between like maybe eight to like 12 years old yeah because like you understand where you come from and you can experience the childhood of where you're moving to. Yeah. So you can still relate to your new peers, which is amazing. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Have you ever felt like you didn't relate to someone else that came from like your home country as well, or just an African country in general? Like, would you feel like people sort of ostracize you because 
like you speak a certain way or because you I don't think I could yeah because like um, we moved to a very rural area mm -hmm. so like I didn't um, spend that much time around black people so like mm -hmm. now whenever I'm around black people I try to get to know them as much as I can yeah because like I didn't have that opportunity for like most of my formative years mm -hmm. so yeah that was what was that like like, just it was very difficult. You. It was very difficult, I must say. Um, that's why I try to surround myself with a lot of black people. I think it's like me overcompensating mm. all, the, all those years without any black people. Yeah. And I'm trying to like catch up on what I missed out on. Yeah. But it can be very obvious that I didn't grow up with black people sometimes. Like, you've seen me dancing. <laughs> Honestly, I can't dance either. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, you get it. I mean, I've seen your Congolese, um, <laughs> whatever the. That, my attempt yes and Congolese dancing yeah your attempt what was it like to grow up where you grew up were, were there any black people in your town I know that your elementary school was racist yeah there? there were it was mostly Filipino kids okay so that's honestly the majority of the population there and it's increasing <laughs> um, and they were the most racist considering they're wow. also people of color but it's like just because their skin is lighter than mine, they think, okay, we have to, we can do whatever we want, you know? But, um, I don't know, it was okay. Like, the city is fine. It's just, there are some people that mm -hmm. just don't make it a very good place. But if you can ignore that and realize that that's not, I guess, not what everybody else is thinking, it should be okay. It's, it's fine. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. How about you? What have you, like, on campus, what's been your experience? Racism hasn't been awful. Um, I, I feel like on campus the worst thing that I've experienced is, her is hearing one of my um, floor mates say the N-word. And I called him out. <coughs> and like, I was the only black person on this floor, by the way. Mm. And nobody defended me, oh. which was so awful. Which was, um, that was like right in September. So that's when I started seeking out uh, other black friends. Yeah. And that's when like, I, like, I kind of like drifted apart from them because I realized all oh, these people aren't as progressive as I thought they were mm -hmm. because like it's one thing to just not say the n-word but to not defend me when somebody does someone who's not black says the n-word yeah it tells me like oh that's where your loyalties really lie you're just too afraid to say anything out loud yeah but I mean I, I feel like if they all have the, if I feel like they all say it when there's nobody there that's honestly right. my thought that's because I, I, I noticed that none of them were shocked when he said that yeah <laughs> so I was like oh okay so this is ha has been happening behind my back yeah and I feel like I had the same experience with people on my floor like last year they're um, like Arab mm. and I guess they're not white so they thought it was okay for them to say the n-word right they're like yeah like we're brown we say it all the like it's fine if we do it and I was like okay <laughs> and go serious. ahead and say it I dare you and they didn't mm -hmm. they didn't say it like in front of me but I know for a fact they say it yeah and they still say it to this day yeah till this day. we're not we're not like in a pretend like they don't say it I don't know. I don't know why people like even with the N word pass. I just don't get the like. Mm -hmm. Nobody should say it. How yeah. about that? Because like the more we're like, okay, these people don't say it. These people can. It just makes them want to say. It. It's like right. a forbidden fruit right. effect almost. So they talked about that in psychology. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think it was like the intro psych course where they were like, um, if you tell somebody not to do something, that's mm -hmm. gonna make them want to do something. Yeah. Want to do that thing specifically. So. You have to like tell them in such a way where it's like, um, don't do this, maybe do this. Yeah. Oh, wasn't that with the parenting stuff? Or was that like oh, yeah. social yeah, 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 it was like that, right? but like it was um I think they mentioned in my psychology course I see. that I took. Look so. at us um in applying our 
in-class knowledge into everyday life. Maybe these degrees are paying off. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see you in four years. Tune yeah. back in, guys. Yeah, but um, I guess what is your final thought of sort of where you are and like how far you've come from who you initially were before university versus now? Um, I definitely feel like I'm still trying to find myself because when I first came here, I felt like I was going to be this straight A student like I was in high school mm-hmm. and everything was going to be so easy. Like I had this track, I was on a very steady track, but I changed my major and then I changed it back to what it originally was. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, maybe now that I've changed it back, I can like find myself again, like be the straight A student that I want to be mm-hmm. and participate in all the cur- extracurriculars that I want to mm-hmm. and still have a social life and manage my time really well. So I don't think I have found myself at all. How would you answer that question? Honestly, I think that is such a good way that you put it. Like, I think I'm still finding myself, but I think that so far I've gotten to a place with my study habits at least, mm-hmm. mostly where I can prioritize and I know like how to study for each of my classes mm-hmm. and like how to um, tweak my habits to fit the classes. And I think that I have definitely grown a lot as a person because coming into uni and just like hearing a lot from my other friends, they would talk about how, oh, like we have this huge friend group and I would see people in huge friend groups, right? And What I they mean like, is huge acquaintance groups, if we're being honest. <laughs> Honestly. And, and I would be like, you know what, it would be nice to have a big friend group. But the more I, I sort of was on the outside looking at a, at a lot of other friend groups last year, right? I was like, that's not manageable. Mm-hmm. That's just not, like, you can't get to know any, everybody in that group, like, realistically. There's no way that everybody in the group gets along the same way. Exactly. It's either usually like a few people that everybody really likes, and mm-hmm. then like the rest all just kind of like tolerate each other. Exactly. Yes, tolerate each other, yeah. And so I've sort of been okay with just like I've always kind of been I've been very I've always been very independent so I've just kind of like grown to just accept that okay that sounds depressing like I've just grown to like not try to force myself out of that basically so that's been really good and um, I don't know last year there was a lot of partying and I think I've grown out of that. Yeah, I'm thinking like for the second half of my undergrad, mm-hmm. I'm going to be very studious yeah. and try to like wean off of partying. Exactly. And I feel like with, because last year, I think I would say, like, I think if someone asked me like what I wanted, like gifts in general, like you were asking me this the <laughs> other day, right? Like I, I'd probably be able to name a thing or, or two. But then this year, like, I feel like as, as I'm growing, I just don't. It's not, I don't really want much. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't tell you what I want. Like, it's just like, peace of mind. <laughs> I, I want my degree now. Like, maybe that. <laughs> like, if you can accelerate it, sure. Um, but, um, yeah, like, the older I get, the less I want. But uh, if anybody out there wants to get me a little something for my birthday, <laughs> my cash app is. <laughs> um, no, but, like, in all seriousness, um, yeah, that's that's been my mindset just growing yeah 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 any word of advice for anybody going into uni or um definitely learn how to manage your time that's the most important thing because i feel like with everybody who struggles to study Mm -hmm. all they needed to do was um realize that there was uh 
time for work and time for play and work should always come first yeah even i still struggled with that um into my second year like having to distinguish between having to work and having to play but um if you can manage your time really well you won't struggle at all well you'll probably struggle but like much less yeah but okay actually just one more thing um with the like planning your time how do you balance that like how do you because you said you value if you value your friendships, right, just going back like all the way to the beginning um, when we started talking, um, how would you actually actively engage in your friendships and like make time for them more? What ways would you go about spending time, time with your friends but still also? Um, study dates are the life hack for that. You know, you're spending time with somebody and you're working on your academics, you know? But... Okay, <laughs> there's a but. Yeah, I feel there, there are friends who you study with and friends you don't study with. Ooh, those are the play friends. Because you just... <laughs> See, you, those are the people who you deprioritize. No shame. <laughs> Speak your truth, it's okay. Those are the people you deprioritize, like... I don't have time to go partying on a Thursday night. Those types of people, by the way, why are you inviting me out on a Thursday night? I don't understand. People do that too. Yeah. That's funny. Last year on a Tuesday, my floor mates were like, let's all go smoke right now. Let's all go smoke marijuana. I don't, guys, we're it's in Tuesday. university. Yeah, come on. Wow. Yeah, but like some people you just keep, you just, you're just going to talk the whole time with them. Right. Right? So how do you get out of making plans with those people or how do you push your plans and um, do something else if those people are listening i'm sorry <laughs> but um i talk about schoolwork, or you just like tell them hey um i really want to come but you know i have this assignment and the, you just like tell them your entire schedule and they're like oh this person is genuinely busy yeah they don't have time for me so and they don't typically like get mad. And, like the friendship is still there afterwards. Like people do understand. Yeah. Like um, you, like your schoolwork is a priority because like this will build into your the rest of your life and your career. Mm -hmm. So. But then, how do you feel about those people that if you don't reach out to them, they will never do it themselves? Like you actually have to be the That's one. That's not a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those people aren't reaching out to you. You're not reaching out to them, or you don't want to, or yeah. reaching out to them feels like a chore. That's an acquaintance or somebody like you barely know. Yeah. But I mean, like, what if they're good people? Because I've been kind of struggling with this. I'm like, how do I cut this person off? Like, they're a good person. It's just, why am I the one always like engaging in conversation? No, like, when we get together, it's fine. Like, it's mm. fun. But it's just always me. Yeah. If you're listening to this, hi. <laughs> but it's just always me being like, hey, like, it's been a while. Let's do mm -hmm. this. Let's go catch up. But. And when they agree, do you think they're they're doing it because they want to or because they feel like they have to it sounds like it like she's like she, she's always like yes like i'd love to like let's go like yeah when are you free she mm -hmm. actually in, like, initiates a day and time and stuff but it's just if i don't do it she won't so. that is weird that is weird maybe they feel like maybe you guys aren't as close as you think you are that's maybe a good it is one-sided yeah that's a good point but we talk about everything and anything. Maybe they're very talkative. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I will have <laughs> to figure that out then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what's, with that being said, what's next? What is, what's next? What does the future hold for you? What do you, what do you see? I don't know. And to be honest, I'm kind of comfortable with that. Mm. I'm comfortable with not knowing because like, you could plan so much, but you never actually know what's going to like derail you. Because at the beginning of my undergrad, 
-hmm. I had this plan. I'm going to get a 4.0. I'm going to be in this many extracurriculars. I'm going to be in this. I'm going to be the leader of this many student groups. Real. (laughs) But then, oh, one bad mark followed by a thousand more. (laughs) It's like, okay, I need to prioritize my grades right now. Yeah. I need to teach myself how to study. And then the extracurriculars can come in. Because, like, for the the stuff I want to do, I I want to um, have, you need good extracurriculars for that. Yeah. But, like, if your marks don't match, then you need to deprioritize the extracurriculars. Yeah. And perhaps do your extracurriculars during the summertime. But I feel like it's so demanding. But I do like what you said about just not thinking too much about the future and planning it out. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. don't just catch crews and hope for the best. It is so easy for us to just get caught up in our ways and start planning all these things, having all these rigid ideas and trying to get everything exactly the way we want it to. And then that sets us up for a lot of disappointment and a lot of frustration when it doesn't go exactly to plan. And so it just shows a lot of maturity and growth in that, in that sense that you can let things go and just be ex- accepting of the fact that the only thing you can control is the now, right? And this is especially something that I'm coming to learn in the in light of me getting deeper into my faith and coming to terms with realizing that okay you know what god is in control like jesus take the wheel like seriously because ultimately he's the only person that sort of knows what lays ahead right and as i mentioned this has been something i've been kind of working through because I spend all this time planning and then I might maybe neglect something I'm doing now. And it's like, okay, if you're only looking ahead and not living now, how exactly are you going to attain that, right? And just being okay with not knowing, you know? And honestly, I'm really glad you said that because that just shows a lot of growth and and maturity and just compared to first year mindset i definitely think that this is a step in the right direction this just letting it up to god and just allowing ourselves to live in the and change the only part of our lives and our of our beings that we can actually change <sighs> yeah in the chaos of it all i just i just hope that the friends i've made so far like that can stick you know mm-hmm. like i want nice stem friends you know that would be fun little brunches and stuff that would be really nice and i'm glad that you like along with all the other friends i've made you know you guys are part of my life and i imagine like we haven't really like we've gone to a few parties together Mm -hmm. we've hung out a, a little um yeah but i feel like there's a lot more to come yes so i'm really excited to just see like how or what where that takes us so yeah, me too. Yeah. That was like a very heartfelt. <laughs> I <laughs> tried. <laughs> but I um, yeah, so thank you so much for coming on to Planet Annie. Thank How did you feel? Um, this was very nice, actually. Very soothing. Mm. We're just like hanging out right now in the lounge. Yeah. And it's so nice. I'm surprised nobody came by. I mean, we've been getting stares through that window <laughs> for the past hour. But yeah, this was fun. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, thank you. You did great for your first time on the podcast. You know, hopefully you can come back again in the future. Oh, for sure. Maybe I'll be like a recurring guest. Like, yes. hey, who's back today? Guess you know back. that series you mentioned? Maybe <laughs> we can make that happen, you know? But um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. And I will catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.